0: Alkaline Keto Diet Optimized with Laura Rimmer, subtitled How to Optimize Your Alkaline Keto Diet, Episode 90, Alternative Health Tools Podcast.
1: I'm your host Lisa Victoria and I'm joined today with the wonderful Laura Rimmer and today we're talking about keto and how this can um, benefit your life and how we can get this into your life and enhance, enhance your life through keto. So welcome Laura, it's a pleasure to have you with us today.
2: Hi there Lisa. Thank you. yes, thanks for having me on. Really excited for this
1: yeah. and just just to start i 've listened to a lot of your um, podcasts recently,
2: but okay. to give a bit of a
1: background, you just want to talk us through your journey and why you 're so passionate about this topic
2: great, yes, thank you. Um, so I am a big advocate of natural health and healing and diet. And that's been a journey of about 20 years at this point for me. So I'll give you the kind of relatively whistle-stop tour of, of my experience because now um, I had my 40th birthday a couple of weeks ago. And where Happy I am right now, thank you, thank you. Um, by the grace of God, I'm healthy, you know, vibrant, energised, have good sleep, all that kind of stuff. Um But (laughs) that's vastly different from where I came from. So when I was a student at university, studying law back in, started in 1998, um, I, after only several months away from home in a new environment, um, living with other students and kind of experiencing newfound freedom, I guess, Mm -hmm. only several months into that, eating the wrong stuff so eating fast foods um kind of we're catered I was in a catered halls of residence so typically kind of I call it brown stodgy food so you know lots of mash and chips and sausages and (laughs) just kind of these convenience type foods every day um coupled with smoking about 10 cigarettes a day drinking too much alcohol so again being away from home just partying Mm -hmm. many nights in the week after a couple months of that my health started going downhill quite rapidly so was just tired all of the time Mm -hmm. um waking up late it didn't help that I only had kind of several hours of university lectures, um, each week. So I had a lot of spare time. And so I was just wasting that time in all honesty. Um, and after about six months or so, um, I woke up one day and I had this rash on my legs and it was super itchy. Um, and I tried to just ignore it, but it it wouldn't go away. So I went to our student doctor and he asked me some questions and did a little diagnosis and said, Oh, that's alcohol poisoning. Oh my gosh! And thought, yeah, and I thought, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, isn't isn't that what alcoholics get? Like I'm I'm studying law. <laughs> how, how does how does this happen? Um, and he was like, oh, you know, this is a really common occurrence. A lot of students get it. So he gave me some tablets, and away I went. But I thought, uh, no, things have got to change here. That's that's not right. My parents have personally you know, spent a lot of money on me going to university. I had a student loan. I wanted to finish my degree and it just was a real wake up call that I'm 19 years old and I'm experiencing lethargy and ill health and weight gain and bad skin and all that stuff. Um, I need to make some changes. So that was a a turning point for me. So I joined a gym, stopped eating the kind of stodgy foods that I was served in the halls of residence cut down on my fast food just started making really simple changes um, with my cooking and things at that point I knew nothing about nutrition but I thought well a good start has got to be surely just buying some vegetables and rice and chicken and tuna and whatever else and making my own meals. so I started with kind of basic stir fries Mm -hmm. and and that type of stuff and joined a gym um, and over I don't know, the next month or so, I felt a lot, lot better. I started losing weight. So just very simple changes to begin with um, had quite a big impact. So that was really motivating for me. So um, I kind of stopped passing as much with my friends. Um, the gym really helped with that because if I knew I'd be running on a treadmill the next day and I found that super yeah. hard because I was really unfit, I thought, you know, I want to give myself the best chance. So I'm not going to go out and get really drunk or or whatever the night before. So that was encouraging. When I left university, I'd continued on that path and started. Um, there was a lady at the gym I joined when I moved back to the West country in the UK. Mm-hmm. And she noticed I was running quite a lot. And she said, why don't you put yourself in for a, like a half marathon race? And I thought, uh me <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that <laughs> like I was always the kid at school that got picked last for everything so the fact that someone was saying to me you could be kind of in effect a sports person you could do a running race was was quite alien to me but she was really encouraging so I did I put myself in for a half marathon race trained for it ran it felt like I was going to die most <laughs> of the way around. Um, but when I finished, I just had that sense of, wow, I've just run 13 miles and I feel good afterwards and, you know, I I can do this. So that was the beginning of my endurance running kind of career, if you like. So from there, I went on to do several marathons and even an ultra marathon in uh, 2014 yeah. of 32 miles. So, you know, that was a, a long journey of about 10 years. And as the years went on in the months, I would use myself as a guinea pig. So I would experiment with, okay, if I'm going to be running 10 miles today or 15 miles or two miles or whatever, how can I optimize my diet for speed, performance, recovery, prevention of injury, um, good sleep, good skin, weight loss, all that kind of stuff. So I, Yeah, I used myself as this nutritional guinea pig for uh, about a decade (laughs) Um, and would say, "Okay, if I up my protein levels, how does that affect things? If I up my fat, reduce my carbs, how does that affect things? So I... Got to the point where I was like, okay, I think a diet that's rich in vegetables um, and s- healthy fruits and things was really working for me. Yeah. So I got into um, the alkaline diet. I went to a uh, Tony Robbins seminar, Unleash the yes. Power within in 2008, I think it was. Um, and he was talking about this thing, the alkaline diet. And when he explained it and the fact that our body needs alkaline minerals. So specifically potassium, calcium, magnesium, sodium, and the types of foods that those are are in. I thought, ah, this is the diet I've naturally found through my years of experimentation. So I kind of, I went on that alkaline diet path really kind of as far as it goes, I would say Mm -hmm. to the point where I pretty much only ate leafy green vegetables, healthy fats and oils. Um, some fruits and nuts, but I went completely plant-based vegan. Uh-huh. Um, and I,
1: I guess what that's what we're going to talk about today, isn't it, is that yeah. alkaline kind of way of life. So if anyone's thinking, I'm not sure what this is all about, hold tight sit tight you're going to learn so much more about it from the lovely laura and just before you move on laura there's so much that i resonate with you and your story you know talking about going to university it was it was just me as well and you know the access to the fast foods and convenience foods and for me it was um chronic fatigue syndrome that i got at university rather than a skin rash and it, it does put that stake in the ground doesn't it to say hang on a minute alarm bells something's got to change so yeah it resonates a lot with me and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people out there too yeah totally
2: that's that that's often the, the student path isn't it um and it I don't know a side issue but it it doesn't help does it because universities kind of serve this food they encourage you to go on these student nights out and I found personally and again this is a bit of a side issue but it's worth mentioning just you know as a young person trying to make their way at university if you're not out partying every night I found that if I wasn't doing that stuff I wasn't making friends so there's there's a kind of underlying peer pressure isn't there to be a social interaction side of yeah. it isn't there is that, yeah, that's yeah. what people do they sleep
1: most of the day like you say turn up for 7 hours of lecture and the rest of the time you're you free to party yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and and i think another thing you said in terms of like you stumbled across like the nutrition and then you know how can i help myself and be in your own guinea pig that's exactly my journey and yeah. i kind of i kind of look back and as a fellow nutritionist it's it's kind of heartbreaking for me when people come come to us now I guess and say I've got this problem to fix it's like I wish you could prevent it rather than actually come when it needs fixing Mm -hmm. so we we can perhaps talk about that today in terms of who it's for it's not just for people who've got conditions it's about that you know prevention as well isn't it I guess
2: absolutely because um the Report from the CDC in the US, um, Centers for Disease Control, one of their big reports, which came out in 2015, but has been kind of confirmed every year since then, shows that, and this is a a really shocking statistic, um, and although it's from the US, that can equally apply to the UK and other places in Europe and around the world, which says that in the US alone, 90 million people um, have, pre-diabetes yes. and metabolic syndrome so for anyone who doesn't know pre you know pre-diabetes is is what it says on the tin it's it's that period where something's going wrong in your body specifically mm-hmm. with blood sugar and insulin and a degree of insulin resistance mm-hmm. that if left unchecked will go to uh, full-blown type 2 diabetes within five years yeah and of those 90 million people, 90% of them are unaware they have it. So that means that there's millions of people walking around thinking that they're okay. Um, but actually, it's just a kind of ticking time bomb of this, you know, un- big health issue ready to manifest at any point.
1: It is, it's a massive issue, isn't it? I read, an article the other day and it was one in two people are pre-diabetic like you say and one in two people have got pre-cancerous cells and it's like they're walking around like you say a time bomb waiting to go off eating all the wrong foods which we, we're going to talk about today but it's a stress and it's, it's you know it's healthy living all around I guess isn't it but we're focusing on nutrition today and it is it's a wake-up call to everybody to think well I could be one of one of those people that just doesn't know that mm-hmm. you know, I'm, a, I'm a, you know I'm about to get a health condition in the next five years it, it's really scary
2: yes yeah Exactly
1: I guess that's why we're both so passionate about it,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, because there was a period in my life as well where um over it was about three years where I saw six family members degenerate with their health very rapidly and then die, yeah. so there was this period where I seemed to be in and out of hospital watching people die, and i'm very inquisitive um, i'm very i, I research I, i'm a A a critical thinker so Mm. when I found myself in these hospitals I wasn't I didn't just focus on the person I was there you know if my in my own family I would look around and see okay there's a ward here full of other people all dying what's Um, going on what's going on and I'd ask them questions and I'd just observe and the one thing that really hit me was this look in people's eyes of fear and regrets actually, and having conversations, people would say, "If only I, you know, had made some changes. If only I'd known what to do, yeah. you know." And at the point of where they're on their deathbed, dying, you know, it's, it's really too late at that point, isn't yes. it? So that was a, another big thing that got me really passionate about nutrition because so many of these diseases are, are absolutely preventable with the right lifestyle yeah. and, and diet. And, and some of them reversible, but it's harder to reverse than for the rent, isn't it?
1: So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. And I guess back to your journey, because we got up to the point where you've been to see Tony Robbins and you'd started the alkaline diet. So where did you take it from there?
2: Yeah. So I um, spent six years as a vegan, went full on into a plant-based diet. And for the first couple of years, I would say that really worked for me. And I think it will work for most people where we are now. You know, you can't help but see advertise, you know, advertisements, promotions, media campaigns, newspaper articles on things like embracing a meat-free Monday and cutting back on meat and embracing plant-based things and how we're going to save the planet by us or kind of reducing our meat consumption. And I think, well, there's a lot of um, political propaganda involved with that, but that might be for, you know, a separate conversation. But what what will happen is, um, and, and I've had a lot of experience with this, with people who've been full-on vegan, uh, come in and out of veganism is for anyone who's been following a kind of standard Western diet, just a general normal diet, going into a plant-based diet, there will be a period where you feel better, have more energy, and you might think, wow, this is great, as as I did for about two years. So I ran several marathons as a um, plant-based vegan and felt good on it. But after a couple of years... Um, And vegans would say, plant-based people would say that you can get all the nutrients our body needs from plants. You just need to eat the right foods. And I bought into that and thought that's absolutely true. But what I found was after about a couple of years, things started not necessarily going wrong, but there were warning signs that I wasn't um, experiencing the great health that i initially when I found that lifestyle so for example my hands and feet were always cold and Mm -hmm. I think that was probably a thyroid problem Um, I started experiencing insomnia um quite badly um my recovery time with my running so at that point I was running you know a lot of marathons and things. So quite, you know, quite extreme exercise by most people's standards. But I was noticing that my recovery time was getting higher. My injuries were getting more frequent. Mm -hmm. My time in terms of my, you know, my running pace, I was getting slower (laughs) and slower. Um, So I knew that at that point, okay, I'm not sure this is working. And I Mm -hmm. thought, I'm just doing it wrong. I need to just eat more vegetables or I don't know. I thought that it was, I just needed to optimize my plant-based diet. But then another few years on, I thought I knew that that wasn't the case and this wasn't going to work long term. And I saw a lot of people, you know, you only have to do a quick YouTube search of why I'm no longer vegan or ex-vegan testimonies of people who've had exactly the same experience. It's worked for a while and then they've come out of it. Um, because actually we can't get all of the nutrients we need exclusively from from plants so for example and this is where the nuance comes in and, and Lisa you'll know about this as a nutritionist you know um it's not kind of it's not as blanket easy as people think so an example um vegans will say that you can get vitamin a from plants Mm-hmm. Um and you can get some but actually the form which is most bioavailable to our body is found in um in retinol which is only found yes. or predominantly in animal based foods and that's just one example of a myriad of things which mm-hmm. the most um beneficial form of a nutrient for our body is not found from plant based sources mm-hmm. um so that's where i really um started digging into the research again really um and trying to open my mind up to, okay, is there anything I've been missing here? And I'm a Christian. So, you know, I started praying at that point. Okay, Lord, give me some wisdom on this. Mm. And actually in prayer, um, I was led to the Western a price foundation, which someone had alerted me two years ago, but as a vegan, I very kind of briefly looked at this website, the Western a price foundation, um, and determined that the lady who runs it was overweight. She wasn't fit. She wasn't running marathons like I was. So in my pride, I thought, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I do and ignored her stuff. Um, But when I took a second look at it, I got it. I thought ah okay this does make sense. So it's the organization is based around the work of a, a dentist from the early 1900s called Western A Price. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of his career in dentistry, he um as as he was retiring, he decided that in his retirement he was going to um try and prove a, th- a hypothesis he had which was having seen, you know, probably thousands of people and their teeth he wondered why do some people have rotting, you know, um, decaying teeth in their twenties and thirties and other people in their sixties, seventies and eighties have glowing white, healthy, strong teeth. And his thoughts were that people on a vegetarian diet experience better teeth and teeth is a good indication of overall health. So he thought vegetarians are healthier and that's determined. You can tell that in their teeth. So he started this trip, Kind of all around the world, um, specifically looking at indigenous um, people in in areas, so things like tribes in Africa, um, people out in kind of the North Pole and around you know Eskimos and things, and he actually found the complete opposite that the people with the greatest health and the greatest teeth mm. were people that ate quite a high degree of animal based products, specifically animal fats. So the work of that he started back then um, was taken on when he died by a lady called Sally um, Fallon. Mm-hmm. She's the head of the Western A. Price Foundation now. Um, and there's a whole load of articles and research paper on their website which detail the fact that we need these animal-based products for our health, for our um, our mental health, our mind, our, cl- our mental clarity, our skin Prevention and reversal of disease. So that was a game changer for me. So, when I found that out, and specifically the one thing (laughs) that I discovered that changed everything was the fact that saturated animal fats, Mm. unlike what the media would have us believe, and even some doctors, is not going to give us heart disease, it's not going to give us cancer, it's actually really healthy for us and necessary for our bodies to thrive. Mm So when I discovered that one fact, the whole reason I got into veganism and a plant-based diet was um, because I thought that saturated animal fats was going to clog my arteries and kill me <laughs> off early. <laughs> so when I discovered that wasn't true, I came out of the plant-based diet and then found the ketogenic diet, which, yeah. as you know, is a high fat um, diet and tried that so yeah. And here you are, <laughs> healthy and thriving. And
1: what a great journey you've been on. The the key takeaways from that, Laura, is that you, you're happy to challenge yourself and you're happy to challenge your current beliefs, your current norms and and find, you know, find the truth, I guess. And yeah. and along the way, you know, you were you were a vegan for so many years because that was all all you had access to and the knowledge you had. And then once you got new knowledge, you kind of updated your kind of systems and and the way you eat. And I was listening to your podcast on your eternal health um, podcast and I think it was episode 37 and we were talking about um, low carb, high fat, veganism, Mm -hmm. keto and on all the different ways. And one of the things I took away from that was that actually, you know, the vegan way is, is another way of fasting. And, and you mentioned, you know, going vegan for a period of time is a yes. great way of fasting and detoxing yes. the body. Yeah, yeah. But it's not sustainable, which is exactly what you said, because we need some of these good fats in our diet to be able to absorb all the vitamins and minerals that we get from all the vegetables, which makes total sense, doesn't it? The fat soluble yeah. vitamins. Um, so yeah, I, I, love that podcast. If, if, if anybody wants some more information on the difference between veganism, low carb, high fat, keto, high carb, low fat, then check out Laura's podcast, Eternal Ta- Eternal Health, um, episode 37. That's got some great information in there. Yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. just touching on keto. So mm-hmm. for people out there who haven't heard a ketogenic diet or what keto is, and they've heard these terms banded around, should we give them a bit of a an overview as, as to what it all means and, and how it works?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Lisa. So, um, so I guess up front to say that the ketogen- ketogenic diet or the keto diet is it's a controversial diet. Um it's quite divisive. Some people will say that it's you know it's been a lifesaver for them. It's absolutely wonderful. It's given them so many benefits. Um, there's a whole group of other people who would say it's dangerous. It's a fad diet. It's wacky. How can anyone it's boring? It's so it's um it's quite a contentious diet to say up front. And I've experienced that
1: myself. I was playing golf Had with me. a gentleman last year and yeah. he asked me what I did and I was talking about you know the ketogenic diet and fasting and went, oh my gosh, he said I you know did the ketogenic Ketogenic diet because I had some health complaints and I wanted to lose weight. So I went to this clinic and they put me on the ketogenic diet and we talked about fasting. And he said, one of my friends said to me, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're crazy. You need to get yourself to the doctor right now. They're killing you. <laughs> and I said, well, what you were you eating? And he said, you know, meats and vegetables and good fats and, you know, like a nice, healthy, rounded meal. And I said, and what were you eating before? And he was saying, McDonald's, Chinese, <laughs> Indians. And I said, so your friend didn't have a problem with you when you were eating all <laughs> the rubbish food and he didn't say, get to the doctors quick, you're going <laughs> to die. Yet when you suddenly start eating cl- clean they're worried about you because there is a bit of a stigma attached with the ketogenic diet exactly as you're saying and people are scared of it so i guess yeah we're going to talk about you know the fears and that in in a bit but yeah getting back to the ketogenic diet i just thought i'd add that because it was quite a funny story
2: yeah totally that's isn't that the way that as soon as you kind of say that you're upgrading your diet in any way but especially with the keto diet suddenly everyone becomes a nutritionist and thinks yes. that, you know you're going to die on this new diet that you've embraced on but when you know when you're eating just standard stuff no one says anything if you said yeah. you had five slices of cake yesterday people say <laughs> yeah 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 totally um so yeah keto is um it, it's controversial um, and that whole reason, you know, that you you gave there, Lisa with your, you know, your experience, with your golf friend. And, um, that's what stopped me from looking at keto before I had several people message me or email me saying, have you seen the keto diet? And I was like, no, this is dangerous. So mm. to my folly, I ignored the keto diet for about five years. Then when I discovered all this work by Western A. Price and saw that saturated animal fat the research clearly shows that it's not just not bad for you; it's actually very good for you. Um, you you've got to eat the right foods, but um, yeah, absolutely, animal fat is is to be embraced. Then um, I dived into the keto diet, um, but I, I struggled with it initially. I still thought all oh, this butter, and it was a mm. it was a mental struggle to to make that switch from a, a a low fat high carb diet that i was on before to this reversal so keto specifically the macronutrients are very um they're quite tightly regulated um and there's a reason for that so you want to be eating around about 80 percent of your daily calories from fats mm-hmm. which is super high right super high um about 15% from protein and about only 5% from carbohydrates. So, so for people out there, what I mean, they're probably thinking "Well, fats,
1: gosh, that's a lot and, you know, protein. And so what would that look like if you were to put a plate in front of someone just so they can visualize what that would look like?
2: Yeah. So firstly to say that it's, um, It's different from something like the Atkins diet because people think keto is is high protein, but it's not. It's actually Mm -hmm. moderate protein. So um, in answer to your question, yeah, what would it look like on a plate? So the majority, 80% of those calories on your plate are going to be from fat. So with that in mind, what does that look like? Okay, it can include a very fatty cut of meat. So something like chicken thighs with the skin on. a steak with all of the the fat on it um although it doesn't have to be anything that decadent or people worry about the expense of a keto diet and as soon as I start talking about rump steaks and things people <laughs> think that it's super <laughs> expensive <love> <laughs> yeah yeah um but it doesn't have to be um but How it about can oily be. fish
1: for people who aren't so keen on meat
2: Yeah, absolutely. So oily fish, salmon, mackerel, sardines, um, yeah, any of those things. And then eggs, so pastured eggs, um, with the yolk, obviously. Um, and then, and this is where we get into the kind of keto alkaline aspect of things, some kind of low carb vegetables. So leafy greens, kale, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, Cauliflower, um, cabbage, Brussels sprouts—you know anything that's green and leafy basically is going to be is going to be a good source of alkaline minerals and is going to be relatively low carb. So we want to be avoiding the higher carb foods and and vegetables. So things like carrots, butternut squash, potatoes, sweet potatoes are are, are off the table on a keto diet, as are fruits. Um, as are any kind of grains so there's no flour there's no you know beans lentils rice pasta any of that stuff at which point people get very nervous and think uh yeah and isn't this boring if that's the keto diet no thank you yeah. <laughs> and obviously no sugar um And I can vouch for it
1: for myself because I was there. I had that t-shirt. I thought, I can't possibly do this. (laughs) There's no way I can eat that. I'm going to get bored. And I have now become a bit of a whiz in the kitchen. I love cooking now and I didn't before. And I'm like, well, what can I make tonight? And I'm starting experimenting and I'm making curries and all different variations. So it's not just a piece of med veg and a piece of meat on your plate if anybody's thinking oh my gosh this is going to be so boring and bland you know we can spice up there's so many different ways you can cook a variation of different meals and I'm totally converted and I was one of those people that didn't really cook before so if yeah. I can do it you know if anyone's feeling you know a bit kind of scared out there or worried or thinking I'm not sure I'd be able to do it then trust me if I can do it then anybody can
2: Yes, exactly. And I'm always a firm, um, I always really am clear on saying to people, you know, my clients, when they come to me saying, Oh, you know, what can I eat? Am I going to feel really deprived? And, um, there's always whatever we like to eat as a non-keto person, there's always a keto alternative. Yes. Um, so, for example, um, only at the weekend I went out with my family and my mum as a kind of belated birthday um, celebration. My mum made me a keto chocolate cake. Yes. And it was absolutely delicious. And had my family not have known that it was keto, they wouldn't have known but actually my little um nieces and nephews my little nephew james in particular said nanny this is the best chocolate cake i've ever had and it was it was just delicious you know cakes made with almond flour with Mm. full buttercream icing not this you know vegetable Mm oil-based rubbishy margarines um and laden with lots and lots of sugar there's definitely kind of healthy sugar and sweetener alternatives Mm. that can absolutely be incorporated in a well-formulated healthy keto diet so people think can I not eat desserts no you absolutely can on a keto diet Um, and as you've said Lisa and your experiences I think you know the experience of so many people instead of feeling that this is restrictive what can I eat Opens the doors mm. to a whole new way of eating and cooking that is just delightful. It's mm. and especially when, because food manufacturers know that there's there's one of two things really that make food really palatable. Sugar and mm-hmm. fat. Yep. Um the most hyper palatable foods and the most addictive of foods include both. Com- combine them there. both, don't they? Combine yep. them both and add in the salt as well. Yes. So, you know, if you think donuts, for example, fried donuts chips crisps um kfc most of the fast food stuff has high sugar high fat and high salt and that makes it super palatable and and addictive but you need either sugar or fat at the very least so because we've been conditioned from probably what the 1960s 70s to follow well if we want good health we need to follow a low fat diet what's happened when we've taken the fat out of things we've upped the sugar sugar So what we're doing with keto is we're reversing that. We're taking out the sugar and sugar is a major source of all sorts of degenerative disease, Mm -hmm. not least, you know, diabetes um, and heart disease, incidentally. And it just goes to show out
1: there, doesn't it? If the low fat way of working was going to work, then we wouldn't (laughs) have all these modern day diseases, would we? And all the research shows that it all comes back to sugar and, you know I was misinformed before I thought oh you know fat's really bad and it's going to clog up my arteries and I'm going to have a heart attack and actually when you look at the research it's the sugar that that's the issue and I I guess we could we could speak for hours and we could have whole different podcasts couldn't we on recipes (laughs) and chocolate cakes and all Mm. sorts of things but you're absolutely right you know it's about reversing that mindset isn't it to think about well actually we need to switch it from high sugar low fat to you know turning it on its head and it's quite often it's just getting your head around that and trusting Mm the research and trusting that yeah we got it wrong as as a nation we got it wrong internationally Yes.
2: yes we did and it would probably be good um to speak about why and how we've got it wrong because I think a lot of people think, well, if what we're saying here is, is the case, why doesn't everyone know about it? Why isn't my doctor recommending it? So it might be worth just digging into that, but let me just, um, go back to what I was saying on, um, so either high fat or high sugar is what the food industries kind of focus on, if not both. So if we're taking out the fat, so if we think, you know, skimmed milk, breakfast cereals that are low fat, all of these things are a high sugar and, and to be honest, they're quite, they're quite boring, aren't they? You know, if you think mm. about the standard breakfast, which is some kind of highly pasteurized orange juice, yes. which has got, you full know, of sugar, then <laughs> yeah, even if it's like not got sugar added, it's still full of natural sugar and refined. Um, then you've got, you know, white bread toast with margarine mm. bland, um, totally unhealthy. Going to spike your blood sugar, spike your insulin. That margarine that we're told is heart healthy is anything but heart healthy. That's the stuff that's that's going to clog arteries and cause you know heart disease in the future. Um, and then things like breakfast cereals, corn flakes mm. with skimmed milk—it's not exactly tasty, is it? So you've got to mm. add on extra sugar. Um, whereas switching that up on a keto diet, all of a sudden all these tasty foods that we felt so guilty about eating for years Mm. are back on the menu. So butter, full Mm. fat butter, you know, natural, yeah, a natural tasty product, um, eggs, you know, with yolks as many as you want. We don't have to think, Oh, you know, I can't eat more than one egg every few days because of the cholesterol. And no, Mm. no, no. Like that's, that's faulty science. It's all a myth. Exactly. Um, Bacon, sausages, we can eat those things now, what I would say on that is you, we need to be clear on the quality of our foods yes. um, so for example, bacon can have nitrites, nitrates in it, it can add, have added sugar um, and all sorts of other flavorings and additives and things. so we want to be making sure that the source of the food we're eating is is clean it's minimally processed. But it means that we can have these foods that are naturally delicious to us. Who doesn't like a fry up? Who doesn't like cream and butter and eggs and, you know, meat with the fat on it? Um, that, that's what's tasty, isn't it? I'm just thinking as you're talking about breakfast
1: and, and, you know, all those things and thinking back to when I was at university, you know, I would have those things. So I'd have bits with sugar on top with semi-skimmed mm-hmm. milk. Yep. And then I might have a crumpet with marmalade <laughs> on and the yeah. margarine and maybe some cheese on top. And
0: yeah. then
1: a couple of hours later, I'd be hungry. I'm think oh, I've just I'm just got high metabolism, so that's why yeah. I'm hungry. Because so, now we know it's my blood sugar levels that have dropped because yeah. I'd, I'd increase them so much at breakfast time, so I was constantly hungry, constantly eating. And now I've switched to the, the ketogenic way of living. I I do fasting as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't get those sugar highs and the sugar lows. I don't get the crashes anymore. And, you know, I can have the bacon and egg and avocado for breakfast. And then I'm not feeling hungry a few hours later. I'm actually feeling Mm -hmm. really full and I can go the whole day without having to eat because I'm not having those sugar highs and lows that I used to have. And it's just madness, isn't it? To think back as to how I used to eat and how I now eat and yeah, it's it's just transforms people's lives, I guess.
2: Yes, isn't that the beauty of it? That we were able to, I always call it the blood sugar roller coaster, that mm-hmm. we're able to step off that roller coaster. So, you know, as you say, when you, we have a breakfast of toast, crumpets, Weetabix. We have this sugar rush or sugar high, even though we may not be eating over sugars, even these healthy whole grains, Mm -hmm. they're just carbohydrates that our body breaks down very quickly into simple sugar. So, you know, whatever kind of carbs we're eating all gets broken down to sugar. Um, So then we have this, this um, elevation in our blood sugar. We, our body then produces insulin. The hormone insulin is a response to that to lower the blood sugar. So then the blood sugar comes down then. So after a couple of hours, we have this crash in energy. We're hungry again. So what do we do? Have a, another carbohydrate based food, blood mm. sugar goes up, insulin released. And we're on this roller coaster, which goes like that, which means that all day, long. Our, all day long. Yeah. We're hungry. We're tired. We have to have coffee. We were, you know, we need a nap in the afternoons. If we have the luxury of being able to do that, mm-hmm. generally not. Um, whereas, like you say, when we're eating a, a high fat diet where, well, it's worth saying at this point that we're using a whole different pathway of of energy. So why the keto diet is so specific on its macros. So as we talked about 80% roughly fats, 15 protein, 5% carbs is because when we when we reduce the carbs right down, it forces our body to get into nutritional ketosis. So what it means is that instead of being a carb burner, constantly burning sugar, carbs are gone, which takes about two to three days for most people to deplete the body of all its um, sugar, blood sugar in the liver, in the bloodstream. And then it starts burning fat. Um, So that can include body fat, which, you know, the vast majority of us have got plenty of, Mm -hmm. um, but also our dietary fat from these new foods that we're eating as well. So our liver produces ketone bodies, they're called, just the scientific term for this um, breakdown of the fatty acids in the liver. So Those three things are called uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate, number one, um, acetoacetate, and acetone. Those are the three ketone types that our body produces. Um, And then we use those as fuel instead. So interestingly, instead of this up and down blood sugar roller coaster, because fat eating fat doesn't Produce an insulin response of any real kind. It means that our energy is stable. Fat is a much more um, prolonged fuel source, especially in the form of ketones. So we have stable mood, stable energy, not this vast hunger, um, elevation of blood sugar, then a crash. We just feel stable, calm. um, And the benefits on everyday, day to day life is, you know, when you're sat in a meeting, you have the ability to concentrate and focus and you're calm when you're trying to deal with screaming kids. You have a level of resilience and buoyancy um, to deal with these things uh, when we're trying to. So me as a writer, um, I wrote my second book last year in four months, which is kind of unheard of. I got my publishing deal and they wanted me to write the book like two weeks later and I had four months to write the book, get it out, and then it was out. And it's being sold now um massive congratulations bless you thank you um, yeah, and I know that there's no way I would have been able to do that and have the mental focus mm-hmm. to sit and write for hours and hours each day if I wasn't using ketosis as a major tool. So for and anyone who's looking, that was
1: one of the major benefits I experienced as well,
2: especially yeah,
1: chronic fatigue syndrome. I was mm-hmm. constantly tired, constantly worried about feeling sleepy. How am I going to wake up in the morning thinking? Oh, my gosh! How am I going to get through today? How am I going to get to work and back and function And the minute I started doing the ketogenic diet, everything changed, and like mm. you say, you know the mental clarity is just, is so much sharper isn 't it? You can just mm. do tasks so much easier it 's like oh it 's almost like why wouldn 't you do it just for the yeah. mental clarity side of things
2: yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, oh well done for. Um, that's that's really encouraging to hear, and I'll definitely be pointing my clients to this podcast. Um, I've got several clients who've got chronic fatigue, really? so yeah, so that's great to hear. Well, I was
1: told at the age of twenty-two that I'd be in a wheelchair and hear some antidepressants, and I'm now thirty-eight and not in a wheelchair, not an antidepressant. So yeah. I, I do have some clients um, that come through the doctor's surgery that got chronic fatigue syndrome, and mm-hmm. it just gives people hope that there's a mm. different avenue and a different way you know to heal
2: yeah instead of feeling resigned to I mean what a a depressing prospect to be (laughs) told that at 22 and well done for you know not accepting that and looking into different avenues and
1: yeah it's it's mind-blowing really isn't it how our body can actually heal when Mm. when we we give it the right tools and space to to do that so yes yeah yeah Yeah. so sorry we're talking about benefits Yes, um,
0: it's John. Yeah. I'm breaking in. Hello, oh,
1: hi, John. Jump I, in.
0: I'll jump in and actually start my video too. This is fantastic. So, can we talk about your program? Sure. Because yes. uh, let me just say, um, and actually, I'm going to tell a short story, which is that Laura. Laura knows that I. Uh, I found out about her through Alkaway in Australia. And Ian Hamilton there said, yep, she's the real deal. So mm-hmm. I jumped into your five day keto alkaline challenge on Facebook. And mm-hmm. here's the, here's the, here's, I'm just going to say this is amazing. On the third day on Wednesday, you sent out a list of keto alkaline foods, kind of a short yeah. list, not the whole big thing. And I looked at the list after the call and I went, I love all this stuff. I can do this. So I went to my refrigerator, went to my cupboards, got rid of everything that wasn't on the list or was suspect, and then went to the grocery store, bought stuff that was on the list, started the program. And I'm getting great coaching from Laura. She's a great coach. And Friday, I went into ketosis.
1: Yay, well done.
0: Yeah, and it was like the most amazing experience i I had and you know clarity of mind and over a period of a couple of weeks i lost i don't know like 10 pounds or something not that i really needed to lose it but my energy and clarity went way up so yes a
1: massive credit to your program laura Oh, great. Yeah, right.
2: Testimonial. So
0: anyway, I'm sorry, but I just, I had to butt in because, uh,
2: you know. No it's,
1: apologies necessary.
0: You know.
2: Yeah. Thank you, John. Well, it's great having you in the program. And it was, I just remember, it was so encouraging. Every time we had a call, you were like, I've got so much energy, more energy than in the last decade or so. <laughs>
0: and I still <laughs> yeah, do. That,
2: that's, do you? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And that's nice to hear because many people who I work with have really severe health issues, but you came in with, with nothing really to speak of. So I guess, you yes. know, I, I personally think sometimes, well, how much can this do for someone who's not struggling with health? But, you know, you're, you're one of many people now who've gone through my Keto Life program without any sp- you know surface level health issues or anything major and you've said this has had a a profound positive impact so that's super encouraging to hear so thank you
0: yeah so i'm gonna yep so continue on ladies
2: continue on (laughs) i
1: guess on on that note then laura you know who can who can do keto and who's going to benefit from it because you're saying quite a lot of your clients come to you with some chronic health conditions, and yet we've got the lovely John Beethan who didn't have any surface health conditions yet. He's in, enjoyed the benefits of, of your program. And just before we go into who can do it and you know who shouldn't do it, I get quite often a lot of cyclists will say to me, no, but I need my carbs for my bike ride. Yeah, (laughs) And it's like, well, what are you doing to your body while you're eating these carbs just for the sake of a bike ride? And actually, um, you can actually do a bike ride on burning fat for fuel instead. Um, so who can do
2: ketogenic and and who can't? Really good question. So, um, and that's, interesting about kind of bike riders and endurance athletes who say, you know, I need my carbs because I was in that camp for years thinking, you know, I, I, as a marathon runner, I knew that when I'm 18 miles into a a race, if I was to eat a tablespoon of coconut oil, that would do nothing for me in terms of, you know, giving me energy to carry on in my race. Um, Whereas a date or half a banana would, but here's the thing, because I experimented with that. And that's one of the reasons why I thought keto diet is ridiculous. It doesn't work and it's not going to work for endurance athletes. Of course, I didn't realize that it it takes a period of time, not a long period of time, but I need to become a fat burner. So, you know, typically that will take a period of a week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Um, So if you're a sports person, you will experience it's pretty much par for the course when you first get into ketosis you can expect a dip in your performance that's just absolutely normal um so me as a as a complete newbie as a carb burner trying to have a tablespoon of coconut oil (laughs) halfway through a marathon is not not going to work work. (laughs) (laughs) however once i got into ketosis it did work (laughs) um you know what but you we have to train our bodies to become fat burners so Who can this work for? Well, I would say everybody, everybody, with the exclusion of one type of person who are mentioned in a minute. Um, Because here's the thing, as I mentioned earlier in the call, if it's true, which it is that, you know, millions of people are walking around at this point with Metabolic syndrome, pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, and they don't really even know it, but they know that they feel tired, they feel fatigued, they have brain fog, they might be experiencing some peripheral health issues. Um, We know that to be the case. We know that one in two people are are getting cancer, one in two people are are becoming diabetic, heart diseases is massive, obesity is growing. We know these things. The ketogenic diet is an antidote those things because it's the solution to metabolic disease. Yeah. What diseases are metabolic? Pretty much all of all them. Of them. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. Um, so we need to train our bodies and our brains to become fat burners, to utilize this different energy pathway. Um, now that's not to say we have to do ketosis all of the time for the rest of our life. I know several people, lots of people, in fact, who are on keto long term and absolutely love it, and they thrive. I've got one friend, um, Stephanie, who's in her fifties. She's been doing keto nonstop for over a decade, and she just looks younger and more healthy and more fit as the years go on. Um, so she would say, absolutely, you don't need to come off this diet. And I've got lots of clients who've been in ketosis for over a year at this point, and they have no intention of coming off, but. For anyone, you don't have to do it all of the time, but it's, I would say in my experience as a nutritionist of almost 20 years now working with many hundreds, if not thousands of people at this point, um, we need to have the ability to burn fat for fuel. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's absolutely important so we're not constantly blasting our body with in, an insulin response which will cause these these degenerative diseases one kind or another mm. that's pretty much a guarantee if we are constantly hammering our body with sugar 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 carbs carbs coupled with all the unhe- other unhealthy stuff vegetable oils mm. um so this can work really for anyone and everyone. I'm just going to bring up here, I'm in the middle of um, writing, I've written it, I'm in the middle of um, publishing a very detailed um, article on my website on the 21 solid benefits um, of a ketogenic diet. Um, And there's something, I've got about 70 different um, research papers to kind of, to back it up as well. So I'm just going to, bring it up a minute and just outline the 21 things that this has been scientifically proven um, to really be beneficial for. So let me just... And while you're bringing that up, Laura,
1: I think one of the key things uh, for people to understand is you've got to train your body to become a fat burner because most of my life, and it's probably true for a lot of people out there, I had only ever been a sugar burner. I was only ever tapping into my glucose tank. So when we talk about being a sugar burner, I was constantly feeding myself with carbohydrates. So I was constantly topping up my sugar tank and I could never, ever, ever tap into my fat tank. Mm -hmm. And what I had to do was I had to train my body to tap into those Fat sources and use fat for fuel, so you're absolutely right it's about training your body isn't it to become a fat burner rather than a sugar burner and most people out there that I come in com- contact with they're sugar burners so of course mm. they're fearful of well I can't possibly go for more than two hours with eating or I can't possibly cut sugar out of my diet or carbs because I've got to run a race it's it's that fear isn't it of not knowing the benefits of using fat for fuel which mm. I guess a part of your twenty 21- one
2: yeah yeah yeah. and you you're right you have to train your body it doesn't take a long period of time but if if we're eating a diet that's significant in any way in carbohydrates then our body will always favor it will take the carbs and store the fat we want to be doing the reverse we want to be lowering the carbs burning the fat eating the fat burning the fat Um, and that we need to train our body to do that because if we've been eating a carb-based diet for 20 30 40 50 years there's going to be a little transition period so i would say as a as a coaching point um, just ride that out it just like when i was a smoker for 7 years when i gave up smoking was there a period of withdrawal absolutely <laughs> was it worth getting over that period of withdrawal yes of course you know to be free of that horrible habit and you know to reap the health benefits from giving up smoking so it's the same kind of thing there will be just accept and embrace the fact that there will be a little period, not particularly long, not particularly hard if we're having a well-formulated keto diet with lots of alkaline minerals, um, but ride it out and then push through to those benefits of of being a fat burner. So I'm just going to rattle through 21. um, And this is like a 5,000 word article that I'm posting on my website on youreternalhealth.com in the next week or so. So feel free to check that out. But positive benefits of the ketogenic diet for leaky gut inflammation sugar cravings weight loss i mean obviously we we haven't even talked about weight loss no. but i've got people who've lost 50 to 100 pounds on a ketogenic diet that i've worked with it's massive um, isn't it and people
1: want yeah. to lose weight but it's actually get healthy and then the weight loss will follow because once you're healthy
2: you'll lose the weight exactly exactly um so, autophagy, which you know, you mentioned you do a lot of fasting, Lisa. That's another great way of sparking autophagy. Autophagy, which is a cleaning of um, and cleaning and regeneration and recycling of cells. Um, so that's good for anti-aging, healing of inflammation, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, great for prevention and reversal of diabetes. We talked about that. Yes. Sleep and energy, brain function. Depression and anxiety, which is often a surprising um, surprising for many people to hear that this is the diet that can really help with addressing depression and anxiety, dementia and, and Alzheimer's as well, epilepsy, autism, again another surprising one, um, cancer, heart disease, fertility and hormones, athletic performance, eczema and psoriasis, eye health and cataracts,
1: mm-hmm.
2: fatty liver disease better mood and calm mind and I've put an extra one more money (laughs) because in my experience you know I mentioned earlier with my book on a keto diet you are just more productive so whether you're in business whether you're a parent whether you're working in a job the enhanced productivity and time that you'll get from being on a ketogenic diet is you know can make you more money um, at the end of the day and will increase your, your output in your effectiveness in life. And who doesn't
1: want more time and more money? Exactly.
2: Exactly. (laughs) We're
1: all running around like busy fools at the minute, aren't we? Juggling life (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and exhausted as a result because we're on the the carbohydrate train rather than the fat train. So uh, yeah, there's some awesome, awesome benefits in there and you, I know you've rattled through them and, I don't know if anyone's not sold now. Then you know they perhaps need to speak to you in some more detail on a one to one. So,
0: so if I, I, I if I if I may give a tip, I, I'd show it to you. I'd show it to you, but at the top of my grocery list, right at the top, it says "burn ketones, not carbs."
1: <laughs> oh, I love that! <laughs> yeah, so when I go shopping,
0: that's yeah. the first thing I see. I'll have a whole list of foods below it, but it's just a it's just a reminder, and it it, it makes it a lot easier for me.
1: It's a great reminder, isn't it? Because the mind's so powerful, and we can be easily tempted, can't we? With all the the labelling and the fancy boxes and packaging that jump out at us. So, yeah, it's a, what what a great tip, John. Thank you. That for is sharing. great. Yeah, thank you. Yep. <laughs> so just very quickly laura we talk about balancing electrolytes because if someone is keen to kind of try this out it's really important to balance the electrolytes so can we just touch on that and what that means just very quickly
2: yeah sure so one of the things um that people who just kind of dive into keto um, and a lot of people do it they just go in a bit gung-ho they find some kind of you know there's An infinite amount of blogs online keto blogs with keto recipes so it's very tempting just to do a google search find some keto recipes and go for it and you know some people have success many people fail on that for one major reason and that's that keto as hopefully we've kind of got across today is a very powerful diet I equate it to it's kind of like the, the F1 of diet, so the Formula One of diets. Now, like a Formula One car, it's this powerful machine, but it has to be handled right. So yes. if you're not used to driving this machine, you know, you can't just get in it and put the foot down and go. You'll probably run into some problems. And it's the same with this diet. So you need to know that on a keto diet, because we're not burning carbs and carbs hold on to a lot of water. One carbohydrate molecule holds on to, I think four molecules of water. So when we get the carbs out of our diet, we expel a lot of water. Along with that goes mineral electrolytes from our body. So what are they? They're alkaline minerals. I mentioned them already. Potassium, calcium, magnesium, and sodium are the main four. So we are going to be depleting our body at a a greater rate than on a carb burning diet of these essential electrolytes these electrolyte minerals are important for things like muscle function, heart, um, good heart regulation, detoxification of cells. So we have what's called a potassium sodium pump, which is responsible for regulating our heart, our heart, heartbeat, um, but also getting um, toxic waste out of the cells. And if the balance is not right between potassium and sodium, It means that we'll probably experience heart palpitations, sleeplessness and insomnia. Detoxification will be um, impaired. So we need to make sure that we're getting, A, enough of these minerals – and also mm-hmm. the right balance of them. So that's where having a very well formulated keto plan is key for success. Otherwise, we can experience these negative side effects, which collectively are termed as keto flu. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: and, you know, we don't want to be experiencing that for a prolonged period, headaches, tiredness, because we can think, oh, this, this, super diet isn't working come off it feel discouraged and never try it again and that would be a real shame because you know there's so many benefits to be had on a keto diet so that's where i've taken my years of experience in the you know in the plant-based field and eating these alkaline mineral rich foods and i've written two books at this point on the alkaline on the alkaline diet um combine the keto diet with these alkaline foods. So leafy greens, that type of thing. And that's where you have the, um, in my view, the, the best diet for health, healing, weight loss, um, energy, uh, and we can minimize those side effects when we first get into ketosis and become a fat burner. And that's why I created my program keto life as that kind of that plan, Awesome, Laura. And so much information.
1: I'm sure people are going to be thinking, how can I get my hands on your program? How can I get my hands on your book? And if someone wants to read your book, what are your books? You've written two books now. So what are they called and how can people get hold of those?
2: Well, So my alkaline books are called the Alkaline 5 Diet and the 21 Day Alkaline Diet Plan. They are not keto books. I'll just say I wrote my first book as a vegan (laughs) Um, that was published on Hay House in 2015. My later book was uh, I was given a brief by my publisher, a new publisher who wanted a, a plant based diet again. So. My the best way to access this stuff is through my Keto Life program or my Keto and Low Carb Coaching Club monthly membership program. Um, different price points for each. So, you know, I would say to people listening, check them both out. I've got a $7 trial on my um, Keto and Low Carb Coaching Club membership. So you can just try, it, experience a meal plan for a month. Um, you get a training with it and a coaching call. So, you know, that's a really great way to have a taster, so to speak, of this stuff. Um, but my Keto Life program is really like the, the the best way people can experience this because there's 80 videos in there which dive into, okay, what kind of fats can I eat? What kind of vegetables can I eat? Can I eat any fruits? What type? Mm-hmm. There's um, about 80 recipes as well. And I'm a foodie, so I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the kitchen Mm -hmm. preparing these recipes and really finding that sweet spot, excuse the pun, um, (laughs) between super healthy, keto and alkaline and tasty, you know, delicious foods like strawberry fat bombs and healthy chocolate. Aren't they amazing? I love fat bombs. They are, aren't they? A whole different world. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. a whole different world. Yeah, amazing. So, um, yes, and then there's kind of weekly coaching calls with me as well, and whole guidebooks, and and a twenty-one day meal plan. Because my advice to anyone considering a keto diet is, you have to do it f- at least for three weeks straight. Because it mm. will take the first week to to get used to. Okay, what are the dietary changes? It will take another week for your body to get used to, okay, where we're in ketosis and we're not starving here. Um, and then the third week and beyond, you'll start experiencing, you know, the real sweet spot of becoming fat adapted in a fat burner. So, so yeah, um, my program Keto Life is available from ketolifetime.com. You can download a free food list from there initially, join a free five-day challenge that John talked about that he joined about a year ago. Um, and then you'll get emails about my Keto Life program and also on my website, youreternalhealth.com. Um, I'm resurrecting my podcast currently on that website and there's more details about both my Keto Life program and Keto and Low Carb Coaching Club
1: and if people aren't already excited and signing up right now then they need to get onto your websites and thank you so much for sharing all that information i've checked out your programs as well and they are amazing and i i just would like to add to people considering this is please do reach out to an expert like Laura you can google so many things these days and you know if you google keto you can get Dirty versions of keto, clean versions Mm -hmm. of keto. But, you know, Laura's expertise and research over the last 20 years has been put into a a really good program. So please don't just go frivolous on Google and think I can do this by myself. Because, you know, the other thing you you do as well, Laura, is is you, you know, hold people's hands through this transition and you do the coaching calls, which I think Mm -hmm. is really important because left to our own devices we can kind of think this isn't working why is this happening to me and having someone to be able to talk to is really important so fantastic that that's included in your program and what a great call today I've loved every second of it and oh thank you Lisa very
2: insightful so um yes I've enjoyed it too and I think just on that last point you made you know someone to hold your hand through this the fact is that if you If you decide in your mind, I'm going to try the keto diet, um, as you said, Lisa, as I've experienced, if you mention that to people, whether that's friends, family, work colleagues or whoever, um, you need to be prepared for some pushback. People will have an opinion. It's likely to be a negative one. And you're not, unless you, you know, unless say your husband or wife are deciding to do this with you, Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely you're going to have support from people around you you're going to have people saying, do you want to come out for a meal? We're going to an Indian restaurant and you're going to be faced with, okay, do I go to this meal? And if I do, what do I eat? And then you're going to have people saying, what are you eating? Why are you choosing these foods? Mm So, you know, you need to be prepared for some pushback questions and to swim against the tide to a degree from what your doctor might tell you, friends and family. And the best way to do that is to be within the cushioning of a support group and to have someone who can just encourage you and say, keep going, you're doing the right thing. Answer any questions about your, you know, your specific circumstances as well. And I hope that, you know, that's one of the things I've really tried to do with keto life is mm. we have a, a relatively small group. It's not hundreds and hundreds of people. So, you know, I, I get to know people by name and we can support each other in that because at this point in time, hopefully it might be a very different story, five, 10 years down the, the line. But at mm. this point in time, keto is, is cutting edge for most people. And and we need to, in the beginning stages of our journey into keto, be surrounded by like-minded people who can support us.
1: That's a really important point there. It's, it's it's knowing that you're doing it for your own health, isn't it? And not listening to the naysayers. And if it feels right for you, then, then go and try it, but speak to an expert. I work in a doctor's surgery and they've got a resident nutritionist who mm-hmm purely sees patients to um, coach them in keto and intermittent fasting um, to help with diabetes, to help with high blood pressure, cholesterol, um, weight gain, pre-diabetics, all of the things we've talked about today. And it's a really forward thinking surgery, which is amazing because the the doctors recognize that they're a specialist as a doctor, but they're not a specialist in nutrition. And yeah. if anybody out there thinking, well, my doctor says it's not a good idea, it's perhaps because they haven't had access to all the information that you and yeah. I have had and the nutritionist in the doctor's surgery that I work with. So it's about listening to people who've had the knowledge and the research and the qualifications rather than people who've just got an opinion.
2: Mm. Yeah. That's amazing that your surgery does that. It's that's, <laughs> that's it very forward thinking, isn't it? It's phenomenal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Laura, fantastic. It's been awesome having you on the show. John, if you're still there, I know you'll have probably really enjoyed um, listening to it. And thanks once again for producing this amazing episode with Laura. And um, I'm your host, Lisa Victoria, and I'll speak to you all very soon.
2: Wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you, John. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you.